All right. If you're in Matthew 6, awesome. You're there. Uh, I, uh, we're starting a series today. We kind of talked about it last week. If you were with us last Sunday, man, that was awesome. We prayed over three things, uh, momentum, uh, multiplication, and miracles. We prayed over three primary things. One, that we would move. Uh, two, that we would grow. And three, that God's hand would do stuff that we just couldn't do on our own. And so we're praying those things over our year. And we didn't really kick off the series last, year, last week, but, but every year we start a series on prayer. Uh, we think prayer is, without question, the most powerful act you can do as a believer. Really going after speaking to God, having Him speak to you, that, that prayer thing is so powerful. It's so important. It brings so much intimacy, uh, so much life. Uh, and yet, at the same time, and how many of you know this, at the same time, it can be one of the most difficult things to master, one of the most difficult things to really kind of set on your schedule, just like getting around the table when you go, man, I'm going to wake up this Tuesday morning and pray. All of a sudden, everything changes. Your schedule changes. You don't feel good. Your kid wakes up at a different time. You know, all the different stuff that goes on. And when we set out to pray, it's like when you set out to work out, right? Like, I'm going to go work out. And, and, and the thing about prayer and the thing about working out, and when you really set the, when you go, man, I'm really going to work out. When you really decide to go to the gym and work out, really, I'm going to make this happen. It's kind of like everything's on the table at that point, isn't it? Like you sit down with the trainer, you go, okay, I really want, I'm, this is where I want to do. And he goes, well, what are your goals? And you're like, well, I just want to work out. And yeah, but we, like, what is the point? And you go, well, I just, I want to like, I want to get fitter and I want to be healthy. I want to be able to run at like three steps at least. And, uh, and I want to be able to like lift something. And like, I want to be able to look in the mirror and go, whoa. And like, I just, I just, I really want those things. And, and then they go, okay, so let's just, let's figure out where you're at. And you know what he means. He means, like, let's go get on the scale. Let's go get you on a bench press. Let's put you on a, a running on one of those things. Treadmill. Uh, I have one. <laughs> um, we're not very close. Uh, forgot its name. But, uh, you, you know, we, you, you kind of, and you kind of have to go through this. And there's something about when you make a decision like that, that all of a sudden everything, all your cards are on the table. And, and it's the same thing, it seems to me, with prayer. The moment you go, man, I want to pray more, all of a sudden, it's almost like God goes, okay, so let's see where you're at, right? All right, what do you, what do you believe about me? Like, do you believe I hear you? Do you believe I care? All right, listen, do you, are you too worried about how religious you sound and the great theys and thous and those and the, you know, so be it unto me, thus saith the Lord, Amen. <laughs> Fill in the blank. And all of a sudden, there's something about prayer that takes you into a place where you are, you just got, you're, you're just kind of laid out. You, you, at this point, have to just be honest with God about where you're at. It's, it's really hard for us to be, when we're, when we're praying, especially on our own, to be uh, dishonest. Like, you can start there. Like, you can go, God, I'm good. Like, thank you that I'm awesome. Like, thank you that I'm just so peaceful and I have no chaos in my life and everything's worked out and dreams are coming to pass. Like, it's awesome. And then slowly but surely you go, and that one thing, it's not quite there, but it's going to get there. And you keep praying. And you go, Lord, it's, man, it's really terrible. Right? It's just this progression of God. I, 
And yet, as you continue to pray through those things, all of a sudden, I read this quote this week, that true prayer, if it's continued and, and progressed, moves into praise. And you see this kind of in the Psalms. You see these psalmists begin to pray these things or write these things, and they start good, and then they kind of go into this like really dark place, and you're like, I don't even know if I should be reading this. And, and then all of a sudden, it comes out the other end, and it's like, God, I worship you. I thank you that you're with me, you're for me, and I'm good. And, 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 and so prayer is one of these places that you really find out who you are and what you believe when you begin to pray. Do I, do I even know what I'm supposed to say? Do I even know how I'm supposed to say it? And I think it's important for us, before we even get into uh, this whole series on how do we hear from God, how do we speak to Him, how does He speak to us, before we even get into that part of it, that we set a tone for what uh, prayer really starts with the beginning, the building block for an effective, healthy life of prayer. Uh, what does that look like? And so that's why I wanted you to turn to Matthew 6. Now, some of you know what Matthew 6 is talking about. Uh, you know that Matthew 6 is the Lord's Prayer. And uh, that's great, but I, I want to kind of point out something about the Lord's Prayer. So I'm not going to try to tell you what you should pray today. I'm going to try to, in, in a lot of ways, tell you how you should pray. And, and I know that may sound similar, but I think there's a real distinction here. And so I want to talk through just a few things that Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6. And I'll just start in verse 5. Are you with me? Matthew 6, verse 5. It says, Whenever you pray... Whenever you pray, so there was a bit of an expectation that you would pray. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. I assure you, they've got their reward. Meaning, impressing people is as far as their prayer life will ever go. That's the best they're going to get if their aim is to impress people. And now, before you go, I cannot believe those people. If you've ever been in a group of people and you've begun to pray, I remember a story of me and my granddad. I was like eight years old, and, I, and he prayed this like little kid prayer. We were, we were traveling, and, and I was with him, and he prayed this little kid prayer. And he goes, Brandon, you want to pray? And he goes, sure. And then I was like immediately, like before I even thought about praying about to God, I was praying so that my granddad would think I'm awesome. And so I just started just raining down like the most amazing cliches ever, you know, and, uh, and it was just like hardcore. Like I, and, and I just know that in those moments I was praying to impress people. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever gotten around other people and you've begun to pray and you, you start saying stuff that like you would never, ever, ever say on Monday afternoon, that only comes out Wednesday night at prayer. Right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, you say words you will never say at any other time. Because for some reason, it clicks on this, like, Christian person. Like, I am a Christian, and I know these biblical words that mean more than your humanistic view. Like, it, like it is, it's amazing. And, and there's times where I kind of have to go, okay, just peel it back just a little bit. And so before we kind of throw stones at these guys, let us remember that, we tend to be those people at times as well. Verse 6, but when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the idolaters, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Again, these don't have to be long-winded prayers. They don't have to be, if, if your prayer uh, doesn't match up to the three-minute quota or the four-minute quota, then, then it doesn't count. The, no, the, the, this is not what we're trying to get at. In verse 8, don't be like them because your Father knows 
the things you need before you ask him. Therefore, remember that word, therefore, means a lot. It means you better go read what's ahead of, before it before you read what's after it. Therefore, because you don't have to pray to impress people, so go in your room, cl- shut the door, and pray so you can say stupid things and no one's going to hear it. All right? And two, don't pray to like these long-winded prayers saying the same thing 1,200 times because God's just sitting there going, I heard you the first time. Okay? I don't forget things. I am God. And, and so you don't have to keep praying, and you really don't have to do this to try to impress people again. I know what you need. Therefore, pray like this. And he starts this prayer Many of you know this, even if you don't pray, you know this, uh, this prayer. It's prayed by football teams before games. It's prayed, it, 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 you see this prayer all over the place, and it starts with, Our Father in heaven. Now, I'm not going to go into the rest of the prayer. I just want to hang out there, Our Father in heaven. Because I think what's happening here is not necessarily a specific uh, wording for your prayer, I think what he's really trying to do is set the foundation and the context for your prayer. I don't know if you've ever, I, sometimes I'll pray the Lord's Prayer. If I'm having a tough day praying and I'm trying to figure out what to say and how to say it, when to say it, I'll just start the Lord's Prayer. And there are times where I will start our Father and I'll stop. Because if I don't get that part, then I will pray the rest of it the wrong way. I mean, if you notice, throughout this, the one thing he says over and over and over again, even following the Lord's Prayer, he uses the word again, is this word, Father. It says, your Father who knows you, knows what you need. So don't add all these extra words. He knows you. He knows what you need. Your father, he knows you. He sees you in the secret place. You don't have to try to impress anybody. It ain't going to make your prayer more impressive or more effective. Like He knows you. And then he starts the prayer with our father. Our father. There's something about this word that's more than just a title. It's more than just a, a, a phrase. It's more than just our father, just this kind of religious exercise, this religious calisthenic. It's not this idea of just kind of working it into the, it, it is this idea that you are praying to someone who knows you, someone who created you, someone who has plans for you. So when you pray, you're not trying to pray to try to get this king to kind of somehow work things out in your favor. You're not trying to pray to make sure that somehow this creator remembers who you are. You're not trying to pray to impress someone to make sure that if your prayer is impressive enough that he will move in your life. You're praying to one who already knows you. Already knows what you need. Already understands your insecurities. Already understands your insufficiencies. Already understands your talents and your giftings. Already understands your struggles. And in spite of all of that is inclining his ear to you and saying, just tell me what you got. Because I already know what you need. It is this idea that prayer, just like every other discipline in the Christian life of worship, of reading the word, of gathering together, every one of those is not that we might necessarily receive something, but that we might relate with someone. Prayer is not an idea that you would receive something, it's an idea that you would relate with someone. 
Now, you receive something because you relate with someone, but, but you understand the idea is first and foremost an idea that we will relate with our Father. Now, I know for some of us that word Father does not ring uh, positive. It is not something we hear and immediately think that's a good thing. In fact, most of our, the generation coming up is living without a father. There's a, a, just a huge uh, a vacuum, and there's, there's just no fathers around. And, and so the word father either doesn't have a meaning or it has a negative one. And it's why I think it's so important for us to pray this prayer and stop when we don't understand it or stop when it hurts a little bit or stop when we kind of have a negative view of it. Stay there and go, God, I want to know you as my father. I want to know you. Before I ask of you, I want to know you. Before I ask anything, I want to hear your voice, but I want to hear it as one who is my father, not just as some God who made me. That's all great. It's, It's incredible. It's powerful. It's awesome. But the thing that really makes our God so special, so incredible, is not that he made everything, but that he also then pays attention to what he made. That he actually has a desire to know the very thing he formed. You you would not find that in any other religion. You would find a God who is expecting something of you. You would find a God who is watching you and making sure you do everything right. But you would not find a God who is inclining his ear and saying, just whatever you got. You know, the sins you're dealing with, just let me know about those. The frustrations you've got, I can handle that. All the things you're walking through, I got it. Just just let me know what you got, because I know what you need. And let's just be really clear. A good parent doesn't just give you what you want. Come on, some of you who take care of kids, right? Some of you have been nannies before, babysitters, and you walk into the house where the parent only gives their child what they want. And it's like the worst two hours of your life. Right? Because they're not giving what you, listen, you want to be a parent who gives your child what they need. Because what you, if I gave my kid everything he wanted, my goodness. I mean, I probably do a little bit of that too much anyways. Right now, I'm still trying to learn how to not be nice to him, you know. No, I, I, no I, I'm just, I, but I do realize that there are times where you go, man, you know what you need I know you want ice cream right now, but it is 8.30 in the morning. Like, you ain't getting it till at least 10. Right? You need something to justify that I'm going to give you ice cream in a couple hours. Now, look, here's the deal. But God is our Father, and He knows what we need. We don't have to come before Him like going, oh, God, I just I hope that you'll hear me. I hope that you love me. I hope that you care about me. I hope that you really desire to bless me. I hope that you actually have good intentions. For, I mean, I really am hoping that you have a calling for me. I hope that there's a, no, you don't, there's nothing about, you don't have to qualify any of that. You get to walk in and go, God, I know you love me. Here's where I'm at. And I don't know what to do with it. But you know, more than anything, I just want to know you're here with me. I just want to know you're for me. Whatever comes, whatever happens, whatever comes my, I just want to know you're with me. See, the thing about uh, Jesus is he said these, a couple things about children. The, the, the disciples came to Jesus and said, hey, who is the greatest in the kingdom? And Jesus grabbed a kid, hopefully that's okay, grabbed a kid, put him next to him and said, see this child? And yeah, we, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, the one that his parents are looking at you, like just like, what, did he just, yeah, I see him. He says, Unless you become 
like this child, you'll never enter the kingdom. What's really interesting about this phrasing is that he doesn't say uh, there's levels of this. He says if, you are like, if you're not like this kid, you're not in the kingdom. If you are, you're the greatest. He's kind of going, you're either all not in or you're all great in the kingdom. But the idea was this, that you would become like a child. Now let me just tell you something. Kids seem to be really audacious in what they ask for. They tend to be incredibly bold. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They tend to just kind of show up and say, Dad, I want this. There's no like, you know, as they get older, they learn the tricks of the trade, right? But, but really, at the early on, they just kind of walk in the room, and if something pops in their head that they want, what do they do? They immediately say, I want this. And then you start teaching them how to say it better, how to, you should say please, and don't yell it and scream it at me, just politely ask, and don't take it before you ask for it, okay, we got to pay for things, uh, you know, the, you know, don't put it in the cart, and then I get there and realize it's in there, like, no, there's certain ways to do this, and here's, if we don't become like a child, then we won't hear those lessons, we won't hear God teaching us those things, you know what, you know what, Brandon, I hear you. But you know what I'm really trying to work on first is, is that this needs to happen. And, and, and maybe you need to sort some of this out. And maybe you need to work on this. And then, hey, look, I'm not against you wanting that. I'm not against you desiring that. But maybe before you get there, maybe I've got some other things that you should work on and, and change and, and maybe grow in so that when you have that thing, you understand the value of it. You understand what it means. You understand how powerful it can be. You understand the purpose of it and the point of it. You understand because you've actually begun to hear me. And see, I think sometimes we go into prayer hoping we get something for our life instead of realizing that God wants to teach us something about who we are. I mean, what if we went into prayer and realized that this is more about knowing who he is and who we are than what he has and what we have? What if we went into prayer and said, God, I just want to see more of you. What if we started our Father in heaven, and before we ever got to your kingdom come, your will be done, we just hung out. And if we don't know him as our Father, then we stay there until we do. What if this week, all week long, every day you woke up and you started, decided to pray or sitting at your lunch break, decided to pray or right before you went to bed, decided to pray and there's other options. I'm not going to go through all of them for when you can pray. But, but if you were to sit down and begin to pray and you were, your whole prayer was, God, I just want to know you. I want to know that you love me. I want to know that you're for me. I want to know you as my father. I want relationship. I don't want to just receive something. I want to know someone. And that's why I think this is important because if we approach God the wrong way, God's not going to hold it against us and he's not going to look at us and go, man, you really are messed up. He's not going to do any of that. I don't think that's his nature. I don't, think, I don't read that in the word and, and see that. But, but what I do think will happen is we will receive it the wrong way. If, we will, if we're praying just to receive something, we will get that something and then we will move on from the someone. But if we're praying to know the someone, whatever he gives me, I'll receive it. But I'm still keeping my eyes fixed upon Jesus. That's why Hebrews 4, we, we actually put it on this, uh, have it on the screen, but Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says, Therefore, and we're going to go ahead of the, what, what comes before this in just a minute. Verse 16, Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace 
with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us at the proper time. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace. I want to read this quote to you that I thought was just so good. In fact, it's on the Bible reading plan. We've had it on our website. If you want any uh, guidance on how to fast, how to pray, uh, Bible reading plans you can use, all of that's on our site. Uh, You can check that out. I'd love for you to join us on that. He says this, So many of us limit our praying because we are not reckless in our confidence in God. Isn't that good? So many of us limit our praying because we are not reckless in our confidence in God. I mean, when you pray, and this, this is the, the Hebrews 4, the word there where it says approach the throne with boldness, it means a, a couple different things. It means confidence and without fear. Confidence and without fear. Do I approach the throne confidently or do I approach the throne with trepidation wondering if he's going to smite me? There's another word for it. Or if he's going to, to really just pour out like all the wrath and all that stuff I read about and hear about. And all the, like, is he just going to go at me? Is he going to make me feel bad? Like, does he not love me very much? No, or do we approach the throne confidently? We approach it without fear. Because I'll tell you something, my three-year-old son walks up to me and asks me for things, and I'm just like, where do you get that boldness? Where do you get that audacity to just come up to me and say, you should buy me this thing? And yet the Father God is looking at us going, would you just, would you, I would much rather correct your great dream and your big request than try to pull out of you some bigger faith for what I want to do in your life. I would much rather redirect some audacious prayer than try to work with some kind of, kind of un, not confident, fearful, kind of I don't know about this God who's, I'm not sure if he's for me or with me. I'm just going to kind of, I, Lord, I just pray that I'll have a, a day and that I'll breathe and that um, things will happen and that, you, um, that you'll still be God at the end of the day. And I don't think, those aren't bad, I'm just saying, based upon what I'm reading in the Bible, that my prayer life should be one of, God, here's where I desire. Here's what I want. Here's what I'm hoping for. And I'm willing enough in that moment to go, can you just tell me where you're at on this? Can you just work this thing out with me? I want your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day my daily bread. I, I, want, those thi- I want to see those things happen. And can you somehow in the midst of that, in the context of our father-child relationship, Can you begin to teach me the things I should see and the things I should pray for and the things that I should want? And In fact, the Bible tells us that if we would delight in him, he will give us the desires of our heart. And and for so many years, that that gets misinterpreted and missaid. So we begin to think, if I have desires, then I should delight myself in him because he'll give me what I want. The truth is, what he is actually doing is he is changing your desires to be the ones that he wants for you because he knows what you need, not just what you want want. And so he says, delight yourself in me. Man, come to me like your father. Come to me like one who loves you and fights for you and cares for you and made you and created you. And and in that context, I will begin to teach you and show you the best life, the good life, the right life, the life I called you for, the life I shaped you for, the life I created you for. It's in that context that I begin to work in you and begin to speak to you in a way that you can hear me and there's one really cool thing about 
this idea that he's our father is that he is also God. And, and I know I, we've, we've already covered that, but, but let me just exp- explain. It's, it's like having uh, uh, a father who is, is like uh, the president. Yes, he's your father, but he's also the president. Yeah, yeah, he loves you, and he also can do things nobody else can do. He can say things that nobody else can say. And he's got friends that nobody else has. And he's got resources and nobody else got. And he can, he can do things nobody else can do. So when you come to your father, you go, you're my father, and you're also God, your creator. You made all these things that I see. This is all yours. You have a plan and a purpose, and you are my father, God. It, I just think it changes the dynamic. It just changes the way I approach my father who loves me, and also my father who can do more than anyone else can do. And it's why the enemy wants to keep you from praying. Why the enemy wants to keep you from seeking is because, because he knows not only in the context of a loving relationship you can begin to work out who you are in Christ, but also because you're in love with the one who created it all, made it all, shapes it all, changes it all, and has the power to do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, that all of a sudden there's this unlimited thing. When the love of God and the power of God are active in your life, there's something that just breaks off of who you are. When you begin to realize he loves you unconditionally, because he is your father, and you begin to realize that he can do anything he wants to do because he is God, then the way you pray changes. The way you speak changes. And so before we ever get into this idea of what we should pray, how we should pray, when we should pray, what time of day we should pray, what Bible verse we should read first, what kind of... Let us first get the approach right. Let us first get the approach correct. That we're not walking up, we're not hoping... We're not, we're not showing up in a place where we have to impress. We're not showing up in a place where we have to somehow convince God. We're not showing up in a place where we somehow have to uh, twist his arm. We're showing up in a place where he is our father. He loves us. He is for us. He will never leave us. He created us with a purpose. And because of that, I can pray in a way that that I would never have prayed before because I know that I'm walking into the very throne room of God with confidence and unafraid because I can boldly come. Now, here's the deal. And I told you I was going to go read this. I don't think we have it for the screen. But Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. And this is where we'll end. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to the confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tested in every way as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy for what has been and grace for what will be, to help us at the proper time. Therefore, what does it mean? Therefore, all effective, healthy prayer is based upon the work of Jesus at the cross. All effective, healthy, life-giving prayer is based upon the work of Jesus at the cross. What does that mean? We became children of God when, when Jesus paid the price for us, and by faith, through grace, we were able to walk into new relationship. All things became new. Our belief in what Jesus has done 
actually is what predicates all the other things. I became a joint heir with Christ. I became a, a brother or sister of Christ. I am now a child of God because of what Jesus has made available to me. So therefore, because Jesus has paid the price that so often we think we have to pay, because Jesus has done the work that so often we think we have to do, because Jesus has made available the things that God wants to do in our life, because of Jesus, we can approach the throne boldly. Because of Jesus, we can walk into relationship boldly, confidently, unafraid. Now, my question to you would be, are you walking into prayer when you pray? Are you walking into prayer hoping to impress? Hoping to try to somehow twist God's arm? Hoping to, in some way, convince God that, hey, you should love me. I don't know if you noticed, but I only sinned three times yesterday. I kept track. And God goes, I wasn't. So I don't even know if that's true. No, I'm just joking. And Jesus has paid a price for you. God sees you as he sees Jesus, righteous. So you walk into that place and you go, God, I love you. I know you love me. I know you're for me. I'm still trying to work this out, though. I don't get it. I don't know why this is happening. I don't understand. Like, you wouldn't say that to a king unless you knew he was your father. Right? You walk into the throne room, but you also walk into your dad's house. You're walking into your father's house. And so while you respect and honor that he is king, you are also confident and unafraid because he is your father. You are not walking in there worried that if you say the wrong thing at the wrong time that somehow the prayer thing shuts off, his ear moves away, and somehow his hands no longer work in your life. You don't walk in there hoping that if you just say the right thing, at least he'll let you live longer. No, you walk in there knowing you are a child of the living God. I am approaching the throne boldly, confidently, unafraid, so that I can have mercy for whatever was, and I can have grace for whatever will be, that I can walk in the purpose and the calling of God on my life, because I'm approaching him as my father, as one who loves me and is for me, and would never, ever leave me or forsake me. That's the God that I pray to. So what I'm going to challenge you in this week, here's, I'll just give you one next step for this week. One thing that you can somehow activate in your life. When you pray this week, and I would challenge you to pray, that would be the first step. I challenge you to pray. Some of you, that's not part of your life. For whatever reason. I would just challenge you to pray. And here's what I would challenge you to pray. I just challenge you to pray our Father. My Father. I would challenge you to pray this week and seek God this week in a way that you would dwell on this, this truth. That He is your Father. He loves you. He cares for you. Some of you are walking through some things in your life. And, and, and yes, you need the kingdom come. And yes, you need the will be done. And yes, you need the daily bread. And yes, you need uh, to keep you from your trespasses. And yes, you need, all, you need all those things. You need the forgiveness. You need all that stuff. Absolutely, 100% true. But I tell you, more than anything else, you need to hear the one thing he said over and over and over in that scripture. Was that God is your father. He loves you. And whatever you pray after that, he'll work with you on that. He'll speak to you. You'll speak to him. But do it in the context of, he is my father. He loves me. He's for me. So whatever you're walking through, just get to know him. 
Don't, don't keep worrying about what he's going to do, how he's going to do it, uh, what, what's he going to say. Man, Lord, I need to hear your voice. Man, just go, God, I want to know you. God, I want to know you as my father. I want to be able to approach the throne boldly. I want to be able to approach the throne confidently. I want to be able to approach the throne unafraid of whatever my past was and whatever confusion I might have and even what anger and resentment and hurt I might be feeling. I want to approach you as my father who when I walk in with my head down, beat up, frustrated, first thing you're going to do is go, I love you. I'm for you. Come here. Let's hang out. Let's talk. We need to talk this through. Know him as your father. Before you ask of him, any, of him anything, know him. I want to encourage you, you know, we've put some resources online. I want to challenge you to, uh, to figure out a way to fast this month. Whether that's, you know, a 21-day thing, which a lot of churches are doing, or, or it's a three-day thing, or it's a... It's a food thing or it's a social network thing and you, you take those off your phone. or What is it that's causing you to lose that valuable time with God? What is it that's taking the hunger for God and putting it towards something else? What is it that's redirecting your heart to hunger for things that will not fill you up? Let's redirect our hunger towards Him. We've got some things online for you to look at, but really what I, want, I really want for us this month is to pray this. Our Father. Not just our Father. Our Father who is in heaven. The one who's looking over all things. Who is not surprised. Is not scared. Is not worried. He's not going, oh, I, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. He's just waiting for people to approach him like children. Say, God, I, I need to know you. More than anything else right now, I need to know you as my Father i got to ask of you some things. What I really want to do is know you. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you. I thank you that you have, you have, because of what Jesus did, you've given us not just the right, but a privilege to be able to approach your throne with grace, to be able to approach your throne with boldness, to be able to approach your throne with strength, unafraid, to approach your throne confidently because we are not just approaching the throne as one who is looking upon a king, but also as one who is looking at our Father. And for some of us, again, that word brings up a whole lot of different things. And so for some of us this week, as we pray that word, we are praying that we would redefine and reshape and rework what that really means. And like we said at the very beginning, it will put all our cards on the table. And there will be hurts that we walk through or frustrations that we walk through or just even definitions that we're changing. And, and if we would just do that with you in this back and forth, speaking to you, you speaking to us relationship, that we will arrive at a place where we know you for who you really are. And because of that, we will pray as you've always desired for us to pray. For some of us, we don't have a negative view of the word father, but maybe we just haven't fully understood or fully realized what that means to have a God who relates to us as our father. As one who loves us, as one who fights for us, as one who believes the best about us, as one who will look beyond our failures and continue to speak to our potential. 
God is one who sees the struggles, but also sees the successes, and through all of it, loves us just the same. And so for some of us this week, as we pray, our Father, we're going to have a greater revelation, a greater realization, a greater understanding of what that really means. Now, for some of us, we're living a good Christian life. But because we pray our Father this week and over these next several days, and we have this new revelation of who you are as our Father, we're not just going to live a good Christian life. We're going to live a courageous, bold life in Christ with a new identity, with a new understanding of who we are, and a new understanding of what you want to do in us. And that as we approach you with boldness, because we know you as Father, God, I pray this month, as we pray and pray and pray, you would begin to reveal yourself to our church in a way we've never seen you before. Let this be a month where every one of us has a new and greater revelation of who you are. I want to pray over some of you specifically. And some of us, maybe today, we'd say, you know, I, I, that's a big deal for me. I, I fall in those categories you just mentioned, those I have a bad view of Father, or, or I just haven't fully understood the Word. Maybe some of us are, are going, man, I, I just didn't realize what Jesus had fully done for me so that I don't have to walk into this throne room wondering or, or, or doubting or afraid, but I can walk in confidently. If you today would just say, you know, I want my prayer life. I want to approach God confidently. I want to approach God boldly. I want to approach Him unafraid. If that's you, would you just right now, with boldness, would you just right now raise your hand? I want to pray with you. If that's you, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Just go, man, I want my prayer life to go to a whole nother level. I'm telling you, I think this is the key. I think this is a primary thing. If it is not first, it will mess up kind of the way we pray. If that's you, thank you. I see that. Anybody else? I mean, I want, I see that. Thank you. Anybody else? Just step out boldness. Go, man, that's me. I want to pray like I've never prayed before. I want to know you like I've never known you before. I want to pray because I want to know you. Because I know you, I'm going to pray. God, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. God, I pray over those who, who said, that's me. I want to know him more. I want to pray like I've never prayed before. Because I don't, I don't want to pray just to receive something. I want to pray to relate with someone. I want to pray so that I would know you. I want to pray that so even when things aren't well, even when things are difficult, even when things don't go the way I thought, I can stand tall in the grace and the mercy of God that I can walk boldly and confidently into the throne room because you are for me and you're not against me. God, I pray every one of those who raise their hand, God, I pray that you would bless them, pray you would encourage them, and I pray throughout this room, all of us would begin to have a new and great revelation of who you are. In Jesus' name we pray.